very grateful for everything that's happening this week. It's all possible. Uh, being here in person at the 150th Open Championship in St. Andrews, recording a ton of podcasts, all made possible thanks to FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, just want to remind you that there are a lot of different types of bets that you can make. It's not just the winner. Uh, you can also pick on things like top Irish player, uh, matchups, head-to-head bets. You can bet during the week um, and every week, actually. You can bet on the PGA Tour using FanDuel Sportsbook. And new customers, you're going to get a no-sweat first bet, which means, and again, I didn't know what this was, and I was when I heard about it, I was like, that is an incredible idea. If you don't win, you'll get up to $1,000 back in free bets. Uh, so use your no-sweat first bet on players in the open. Uh, the app is safe and secure. Obviously, no one's going to go in there. I don't know what they would. I don't know what they would take from you. Maybe your money, but you're not, your money's not going to get taken. Um, and you're going to get paid fast. So see why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. And download the FanDuel sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code RGC to get started with your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. FanDuel sportsbook official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Promo code RGC. All right, welcome back to the RGC Roadshow, day two. Very excited for today. Thank you to Sounder for having us out. Obviously, FanDuel as well. And today we have a special thank you to Lock Lomond Whiskey and whoever's going to sit in this chair. Who's going to be Dan Davies, Gordon Smart? Who's going to sit in this chair? Big Monty. Big, Big Monty. Monty. Colin Montgomery's in. Colin How Montgomery. Tall is he? Well, he's 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 at least <laughs> six 16. foot one. Is it energetically 16? big? Yeah, he's got, but he changes the temperature of a room, Eric. Did you notice that? Is it colder or warmer? Yeah, colder. It's not warmer. <laughs> it's a significant cold. I'm looking forward to meeting him today. What are you looking forward to talking to him about today? Well, I'm looking forward to talking to him about his experience at St. Andrews. Obviously, he came second here to Tiger in 2005. Uh, amazing Ryder Cup history. Um, and I'm also interested in understanding his favorite film choice. <laughs> I am. I was like, "What?" Right. Yes. Yes. Very good. Well, so wrapping up yesterday, uh, what did you guys make of day one at the 150th? I had one of the most sociable days I've ever had in the back garden of a hotel, uh, the Scores Hotel. I didn't leave the hotel for the day. I watched everything on television, and it was brilliant. How many people <laughs> did you talk to? Do you think three thousand four hundred twenty-five people? Yesterday. Okay, so that's yeah. high. That's uh, a high number. Uh, Dan, is that? About the same numbers for you? No, I didn't speak to as many people. I, I watched a bit on the course in the morning, and then I spent most of the afternoon sort of groaning on a sofa <laughs> while watching uh, watching the footage on TV. But it was a great first day. Very impressed with Cameron Young. Uh, yeah. Eight under par 64. First time he's ever played an Open. This guy is like on a serious trajectory. Do you think that's just like first time you've ever played an Open? Is that just like, I don't even know what's out there? Like, I don't, I don't know what's bad. Without a doubt, I think that's got to play a big part in it. I think it's quite interesting to see that dynamic of younger players finding their way around for the first time under that pressure. Were 70,000 people there yesterday? Yeah. And I think there's a lot to be said for that youthful exuberance and how it makes you play under the spotlight. All right, so quick quick check in here. After the first day, uh, you know, scores notwithstanding, which player is walking around with the most swagger? It's got to be McElroy, hasn't it? Interesting. Because it's always the first day blues for him. You know, we were in Portrush, <laughs> weren't we, a few years oh, ago? Yeah, we were, in, we were in Portrush, and he absolutely imploded on day one. Hole, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah hit it out of bounds iron, on the first. Four iron into the left. That was tough it? to watch. And he, it was horrible to For watch. everyone. And now that's out of the way. I think that's really significant. For I, th- I think Rory this week, there's something about him that's it's almost written, I think. I mean, I think for him to do it here, with all the backdrop of everything that's happening in the game at the moment, the fact that he's taken this leadership role, the fact that he hasn't won an open, uh, hasn't won a major for so many years. I yeah. think if he wins this week, 
he will unlock himself another three or four majors. He there is something play about that. football either last night, right. which is a really sensible thing not to do. That's smart, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is something about, like, opening the tap, right? Like, you, you, something happens, and all of a sudden it's like, I'm free now, and I can just, like, run, you know? Yeah, I mean, he... I, I think so. I mean, obviously, he's come very close. He's he's backdoored himself into a lot of third and fourth place finishes without necessarily always being in contention. This year, he's been superbly consistent. He's putting really well. His if, approach play is outstanding, and he loves this golf course as well. If, if you were going to give Rory one like uh, product, what would it be? Like, would it like you know what I mean? One thing to what does he need to change the mindset? Because it's a mental thing, right? Or, or you know what I mean? Like, is it is it CBD? Would you give him a joint? Some coke, heroin, like what kind of drug? I, well, it's yeah, a drug. I, I could what certainly kind of probably certainly supply him with a second, but I think, um, yeah, I mean, some sort of heavy duty tranquilizer where he's not going to get, he's not going to get thinking. You know, he's just going to let his talent flow, and like a cat tranquilizer. Well, yeah, maybe like a, a horse cat. tranquilizer or horse, something like horse. that. You know, just something that's going to allow him to walk and physically function, <laughs> but not allow his brain to get in the way of what he's trying to do. Because we all know he's got the most talent. I mean, yeah. he's the most talented goal. He's generational, you know. Yeah. If he can just let it flow, if he I'm can stop his... Logistically, is it administered, like, throughout, slowly throughout the round? Or? I think probably with a giant syringe just before he just takes before the first the tee. And obviously yeah. he's going to stumble a bit down the first and probably be on his knees by the second. But when he recovers slightly and gets the measure of it, by three, he'll be fine. By that stage, he might be nine or ten over, but I think he's going to really burn up the back nine. <laughs> just eagles after that. Yeah, eagle, eagle, just, eagle. Just mo most eagles in a round yeah. ever. Yeah, that's amazing. I would love to see that. <laughs> I would love. To see, I would love to see that. Just honestly, well, I I have wanted for a long time to make a film on our YouTube channel called uh, Pebble Beach on Acid, <laughs> and I just think it'd be amazing. You know, it's like the double rainbow guy. You know. I mean, yeah, I mean, the course, what colors would the course be? I mean, you know, the sky obviously, was yellow and the sun was blue. Yeah. yeah, and the greens were purple. Yeah, that's it. I tend to put well on purple greens. Colin would want to weigh in on this question, you know? Yeah, I think Colin's got a lot to say about playing on heavy duty tranquilizers. <laughs> I actually need to apologize to Colin today. It's a really significant moment I need closure on, so we're going to do that as you well. You had a personal issue with him. What, what was it? He's a formidable human being, and he's not afraid of telling you if he's unhappy about something. And I was the subject of his rage. How old were you when he was unhappy with I you? I think I was 11. Yeah, I mean, Colin had quite a long history of being quite unhappy with spectators, didn't he? He certainly did. I mean, he was a brilliant, brilliant player. I mean, amazing Ryder Cup player, amazing, you know, won the European Tour Order of Merit seven years in a row, you know, won countless tournaments around the world, but he really didn't like spectators with packets of crisps, did he? I just he? have to ask, is he... Is he are we walking into a difficult interview here? Do I need to know anything? Is this is he going to be kind of like short and like kind of trying to leave? I think you know the the, the amazing thing about Colin Montgomery, he was uh, just a sort of uh, a study in contrasts. Mm. Charming guy off the course, great talker, great raconteur, loads of stories on the course. Do not open a packet of crisps in his vicinity, <laughs> yeah. otherwise you are going to get properly. Rule flamed. number one, Gordon. Yeah, you need to you need to make amends. Have you ever had somebody walk out of an interview, Dan, uh, in your golf journalism career? Have you ever insulted a golfer so badly in it with a question? A no, I've, I've, no, not not within golf, but certainly within football. My football years, I've, I almost came to blows with Dennis Wise, the uh, former Chelsea captain at Wembley once before Neil Ruddock, as, as you know, yeah. is a very large unit, stepped yeah. in to break it up. But what about you? Well, Dennis Wise then became golf parlance, didn't he? Because he's a nasty little five-footer, isn't he? He is a he's very <laughs> nasty little five-footer. But what about you? You probably had loads oh, of people yeah. walk out, haven't you? Shaken Stevens. Yeah. Uh, have you heard you of Shaken Stevens? No, no, Shaken no. Stevens, Shaken Stevens is, is Swansea, which is a town in Wales, is answer okay. to Elvis Presley. Oh. Who was, um, you know, briefly popular in the 1980s, but wildly popular, this sort of rock and roll 
tribute act. Tell us Wales is Elvis, yeah. you know, a superstar. And right. I, I made him a cup of tea, and he was unhappy with the temperature of the tea, mm. Eric. And that was a bad start. Was it too hot or too and cold? And then he said, but it was too cold. Mm. And he said that, don't laugh at my name, Shaken. It's with an apostrophe like Sting or Bono. They don't have I apostrophes. Call I call them Shaky rather than Shaken. Oh. So that got off, yeah. And then he slapped the photographer. <laughs> On the face? Yeah. Wow, hard? No, just enough just to be unsettling. Right, yeah, just enough. <laughs> right on the line. Just enough yeah. to be... I would be seriously, uns seriously unsettled by being slapped by Shaking Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> There's a journalist called Sean Hamilton who was there as well, and uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a great interview, but have you ever had anything like that, Eric? No. You're a lovely human being. No, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have, no. And we, yeah, I don't You've know. played what? golf with Colin Montgomery, haven't you? Yeah, we played in a program together, but I didn't bring it. I'm not going to bring it up today, you oh. know, because I just think he'll never remember, you know? Right. And if he does remember, it's probably a bad thing, actually. <laughs> How did you play? Uh, I played pretty good. I actually played better than Fred Funk, which was kind of exciting. But I didn't, you know, I mean, at that point, it's almost weird because I'm like, you're paid to, you know. Were you, lo were you longer than Fred Funk? Oh, sure. I mean, he's got, you know, he's got something on every joint, you know. Like, <laughs> he was applying, uh, you know, what's it called, the Icy Hot. And he had a, he had a Theragun with him on th in his bag. No. Yeah, on like the third tee, he was Theragunning his knees and stuff. <laughs> you know, and I was just kind of trying to just sort of be interested. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. And how did Colin play? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, he played okay. I don't know. I mean, he was just like very, it was a very busy couple holes, you know, like there was a lot going on. Right. Who's the most intimidating golfer that you've played with? That's a really good question. Intimidating how? Well, just, you know, not only their skills, not only their reputation, but just the whole experience where you felt quite on edge because you're a pretty relaxed golfer, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who, who has sort of taken you out of your comfort zones? You've played a lot with a lot of people. Ba Brian Baumgartner. Right. Yeah, he's very intense. And he was also trying to really press me to, to play for a lot of money, you know? And so that was intimidating in and of itself, you know, the idea of losing money. Dan, you've knifed quite a few chip shots in front of famous golfers, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I basically interviewed a lot of golfers over the years, and within about five minutes of every interview, I brought it back to my inability to chip. <laughs> um, Rory McIlroy, Louis Hazen, Nick Faldo, the list goes on, but... The really the w the one that still haunts me is Padraig Harrington before the Open at Hoylake. I interviewed Padraig. Great interview, great talker, lots to say. And within seven minutes, we got onto my chipping, and he he correctly diagnosed that I was chronic in his mm. words. And then he 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 claimed that he could cure me, and I said, well, listen, you know, Faldo's tried, McElroy's tried, everybody's tried and failed. So what makes you different? And we left it at that. And then later on, he was doing a clinic in front of about a hundred people, and he called me out of the crowd. Oh. And I had what's called the unholy trinity, which is the, the, the three-shot, the trifecta of awful chip shots, the knife, the dunch, and the double hit. <laughs> and um, Padre called me out of the crowd and said, Dan, Dan, come on, I'll show you, I'll, I'll fix you. And I said, you won't, please don't do this. Please, please, please don't do this. Handed me the wedge that he used to hit that amazing chip shot at Carnoustie that, that got him into the playoff, I think. And I said, please don't do this, Padre. This is really cruel. You're going to humiliate me, and you know, you're going to ruin my year. And sure enough, he put three balls down, and I knifed the first one uh, almost into the gallery, <laughs> folded the divot over the second one, and then triple hit the third one, almost to the point where I was hitting it back over my left shoulder. Right. Gave him the club back and said, thanks very much, Padraig. You and me are finished. Yeah. We're gone. Yeah. Any nascent friendship there is, is, is over. But uh, yeah, now I've... Um, yeah, I've been humiliated by a number of different golfers. One, of the, told great, me. one of the greatest pro-am moments I saw was Jamie Dornan, the actor, at the Dunhill he shanked a wedge into the crowd and hit a man in the sternum. Oh, wow. <laughs> and knocked him out. 
<laughs> and the worst thing was his eight-year-old daughter was eating an ice cream at exactly the same height, about one foot away. Can you imagine Jamie Dornan had killed an eight-year-old child in, at the old course? Would have been a good story for you. I mean, he is kind of a lady killer, no? Is that <laughs> All right, we're going to get to Colin. Thank you, everybody. Is it fair? What does interest you about the 150th Open in St. Andrews, Colin? I think it's the most uh, anticipated major uh, in the last, goodness me, 30 years, I suppose. Uh, 150th Open at St Andrews. It was always on the cards. It was always, this is as 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 the motto says and the logos say on the on the course that everything has led to this, and uh, they're very proud of it. The RNA and they should be. 150. It's the oldest golf tournament that uh, that is in existence, and I think that uh, I think as a Scotsman coming here to the home of golf, it's our national game. It's our it's the only country in the world that can possibly say that that our national game is golf. And we're very proud of that, and the RNA are proud of that, and I think everyone coming here respects that. I've heard of all the interviews that have been going on pre and, and, and after rounds, uh, and the build-up to this uh, uh, championship uh, Monday through Wednesday, and everybody, this is the one to win, you know? This is the one to win. I, I mean, the, if, if the winner doesn't have a tear in his eye coming up the last hole on Sunday, there's something wrong with him, you know? You know? Yeah. How, how is it for you, Colin, you know, you had a great run here in 2005 when, yes. when Tiger won. You came second. Yes. Can you talk to me a little bit about what it feels like as a player, and particularly a home player, yes. walking up the 18th fairway mm -hmm. on a Sunday mm -hmm. with that applause for you and just, just that experience? Well, it's something I'll always, I'll always take away with me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, to be the top Scottish player of the day, up against the best player, in, in my opinion, ever to play the game in Tiger... Uh, on a course that that suits him, and he was, and yes, I was a favourite, but unfortunately, so was he. You know, <laughs> it was it was almost fifty-fifty coming up there, and uh, people wanted him to win to try and get to Jack's record that he was still trying to achieve at the time. Uh, so yeah, I mean, re remarkable, remarkable to see every every seat taken, every window opened, and watching, and five faces, five faces crowded around every open window to try and watch what's going on, it is that amphitheatre, walking up the amphitheatre there at the last. Uh, it, it's got bigger since 2005. Uh, we have a two-tier stand now behind the 18th green, and, and the stands on the right of the first are bigger. But uh, it's some amphitheatre to walk to walk so into. It's a cauldron to walk into, and to be cheered into there was, was something I'll never forget. Yeah. So as you're, forget. as you're coming up, how much time do you, it, during a round, right, you're, you're heavily yes. focused on one objective. How much time do you give yourself to actually look at those things that aren't necessarily a part of the problem you're solving? Well, Woods was the best at that, wasn't he? One shot at a time. Uh, talk about uh, being in the zone. Never thought about anything. I was thinking about 18, the walk and 18 the whole way round, you know? Uh, no wonder I finished second. Who do you fancy this week? Uh, That's a golf question, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, which golfer do you think is going to win the Open Championship? Very personal question. I was question. just thinking, Cindy Crawford's lovely, you know. Uh, no, I, uh, I did, I, I did like, I did like Jordan Spieth at the start of the week. I just feel he's not. Uh, I, I thought these shots from 50, 60 yards in, little bump and runs over mounds and, and hillocks and dunes and what have you. And then he's putting, but he hasn't he hasn't holed out well yesterday. I do feel, you know, that that with the start yesterday, 
with the softer scoring conditions as we have today, with the complete lack of wind, which is in his favour. I think anybody that beats McElroy wins this. And it might be himself. He might, he might just be that, that guy. Six under yesterday was, uh, was fabulous for him. You know, he's waited, he's waited 12 years for this, for this round of golf. 2010, he got absolutely, I mean, oh, it was a shame. He shot 63 the first day. And then the wind picked up in the afternoon on Friday. And everybody went out at his time. I don't think one of them broke 80. What's the worst? Him included. What's the worst conditions you've played in at the Open? Uh, I, I, that that day, I was lucky. I was finishing when the wind was picking up, around about uh, sixteen, seventeen. The wind really started blowing, and that was the worst I've seen here. And I thought, oh my god, you know. As I finished, Tiger was just starting, and I think they called it off. They didn't want Tiger to go out and shoot 80, you know, so they just called it off. <laughs> you know, they blew. But it's interesting, Rory, to go back to Rory, so he, he, he missed the cut there, ha having shot 63 in 2010. And then 2015, of course, he goes and plays football, doesn't he, beforehand, injures himself, he's got his, he's got his foot in a boot thing, so he can't play. So then it's been delayed a year. So we are, we are you know, he's been 12 years since he's come back here. And to start with a 66, I really feel that, uh, really feel that uh, he's the guy to beat here. Uh, his accuracy, his mentality around here, he knows how to get around here. I think he's the guy to beat now. After, after yesterday's scores, we can, now, we can now talk about some, because we've got something concrete to talk about, something finite to talk about, as opposed to Monday through Wednesday, <laughs> it's all ifs and buts. Now we've got a score on the board. As a player, what, what do you? What's your ideal, you know, uh, progression of scores from Thursday to Sunday? Like, what, mm. what are you? Are you looking for the same every day? Like, you know, well, if like I start with a seventy-eight, no, no, I'm not looking for the same <laughs> all the time. If I start, if I start, you know, like Spieth today, right? He was one under, right? He's got to get going today, so he has to beat seventy-one, you know. And it'd be great, isn't it? If you, you know, 70, 69, 68, 67, thank you very much. Does that feel the best to just get lower and lower throughout yeah. the week? Yeah. It yeah. seems like that's kind of what Tiger does. Seems to be, doesn't he? He gets better when other people get tired or, 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 or see the course differently. He seems to get better all the time. And it's the, it's the third and fourth rounds. It's the third round mainly. When you get into contention, are you going to then make that step? You know? It's like being... It's like being two down, at, two down at match play, right? When you play match play, you're two down, and I've been that many times. The next change of hole is vital. If you go three down, you're in big trouble. But if you, if you get back to one, one down, game on, right? So that two, two up, two down thing's right on the cusp of three down, you're in trouble, one down, game on. And this is what, this is what Tiger was so good at that... that when he was in trouble, it never, got, it, it never got away from him. He always brought it back with a putt. He had that, he had that putting uh, way about him and that awe about him that this has got to go in, right? Uh, he knew it was going to go in, right? His caddy did. I did, playing with him. And all the crowd did. It did help, so you know? So it did help. There's an atmosphere about it that that putt has to go in. He's not going three over. No, no, he's holding this to go back to one you know this is the big big deal yeah. so Friday into Saturday what, what what do you do at night 
did you have like a ritual that was like because there's a lot of time there we talked about well, kind of sunday morning and things yeah, not last night there wasn't much time i think tiger finished at <laughs> 9 30 you know there's i mean what do you do you plan you plan an evening and it's gone hasn't it you know by the time he gets back to his room he's he's 10 10 o'clock 10 30 my god he's off he's off now you know it's it's it, it's a, a quick turnaround sometimes so you just have to have to get a sandwich in the room and and try and get as much sleep as possible but after you've just played around st andrews with all the crowd and everything it's difficult to get to sleep mm. you know didn't sam sneed once say what are you doing up at three o'clock in the morning in a, in a bar you know and he said but your opponents good your opponents in bed he's sleeping he said he's not sleeping you know and this is what he's watching james bond <laughs> he's watching james bond yeah yeah he's escapism he's watching james bond so it's 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 um yeah, you plan, you can plan as what you want, but it depends on the day, you know? You birdie the last. You birdie the last, dinner tastes, tastes an awful lot sweeter than it does <laughs> if you don't, you know? Woods yesterday, for instance, you know? You know, to three putt from, from the Valley of Sin there was disappointing for him, and, and uh, you know, six over to five over, okay, 67, he can do that. Level par, say he's going to make the cut. So, so 67 is, yeah, he can do that. Now he's got another shot to find from somewhere because of his three putt at the last, you know, it just just these little things that uh, that add up. Colin, you mentioned that dinner tasted sweet, and mm -hmm. I've waited thirty years to apologise to you for something. Oh right, well yeah. please do on air. This is the opportunity. Good, yeah, good. I, please, I was eating please. a bag of salt and vinegar crisps in nineteen ninety two, I think it was, and you yes. gave me a row for eating yeah. them noisily when you were preparing to take yeah. a shot. So yeah. I'd like to say sorry for that. So it was you then. It was me. It, it was, was you. Me. What flavour were they? My salt God. and vinegar. Salt, salt and vinegar. vinegar. Salt and vinegar crisps. But, um, My word, were they the blue packet in those days? Blue packet. Yeah. Blue packet. They changed them. It's now green. Appropriate behaviour. Please. No, it's not appropriate behaviour at all for a young boy to, because obviously boy at that stage. 30 years ago to uh, eat a bag of crisps be especially behind me yeah <laughs> it was that the was wrong the wrong man. person it was, it was the, the wrong, wrong person to open that bag of crisps wasn't it Seve, huh? Seve would have asked I blame your father <laughs> I, I blame I always blame the parents yeah blame well, the parents we can, we can apologise properly by talking yes. about this lovely elixir oh well you can give me a bottle of whiskey that'd be fine as a well I think it's actually your whiskey isn't it it, it is is right, it, it is indeed yes um, it's the same blue colours as my bag of salt and vinegar crisps so oh, hopefully that, that was the inspiration <laughs> yeah. well Just yes they changed the colour Port Rush was a green bottle for obvious reasons in Ireland and St George's was a red bottle bottle and a red uh, 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 presentation box and, and now of course we're back to Scotland so it's blue and uh, yes I worked with Michael uh, the chief blender there at uh, Loch Lomond Whiskies at the distillery uh, at the south end of Loch Lomond and uh, yeah we produced uh, an open special edition and and it's got my signature on, on on the side of the of the box there in the bottle and I'm, I'm very proud of my association with Loch Lomond Whiskies and uh, the spirit of the open one of the great, great taglines of all, and uh, and and it's been good for Loch Lomond whiskies, hopefully, and it's been good for me. It's a hard life, Colin, isn't it? It is. It's a terrible existence. All that yeah. Time with the master yeah. blender, tasting yeah. all those whiskies. Yeah. Yeah. How but don't have it with any crisps, please. <laughs> no. No crisps. No. No. And it's a single malt, right? It is a single malt. Yes. Yes. Should we open it now? Is it? Sure. It's, yeah. yeah. While you open it, I'm curious to know. I, I've never played Loch Lomond the golf course. Oh, but have you not? But I'm curious to know for you, like, mm -hmm. do you, do you think about golf courses and rank them in, internally? Do you? Where? I'm always asked, you know. I saw, I'm, I'm always asked, what's the best course? Yeah. What's the best course you've played? You play and it's thousand. always, it's always, uh, it's always dubious to, to to rank something that doesn't have a a finite number to it. You know, uh, I played. I was lucky enough to play the Walker Cup in 1985 at Pine Valley. Wow. At Clementon, New Jersey, and that was probably I haven't played anything better 
as as a as a Parkland style uh, Heathland type golf course than Pine Valley. The back nine at Augusta is always nice to play in competition, but it's not Pine Valley to me. Actually, Beach a, has, sorry, gone. I have a different question now. So oh. you talk about Pine Valley and '85 Walker Cup. Yes. Do you? How often do you walk around and just say, "Man, this is a different game than I played." You know, with the Octolones with the big screens and the heads and yes, the, the yes. three hundred and eighty yards. Like, how often do you think that? Because I do that sometimes. I go around New York and I'm like, "Wow, there's a Starbucks in every corner." It's not yes. the city I lived in. No, no, it's not. It's changed uh, dramatically. I mean, when we played, when we played Pine Valley, it was the days of. Uh, the first, uh, the first metal clubs, 85. So remember these clubs, they called Pittsburgh Persimmon. It was the tailor-made, uh, uh, yeah, uh, little dots around them. But there were, you see these clubs now, they're absolutely tiny, you know, and uh, 120 cc's as opposed to 460 now. So it's a quarter of the size uh, of the club that we're using now. So it's a different, it's a whole different game. But Pine Valley, yes, Augusta, Pebble Beach, you can say, you know the ocean. The ocean holes at Pebble Beach are fantastic, but uh, the best of the lot, probably. You know, you'd have to think. You'd have to come back here and think about the links courses here, possibly. Uh, and Turnbury, Turnbury is is uh, is is fantastic. The new Turnbury is superb. Uh, this has it has the history, of course. Uh, Muirfield. I like I like Royal Birkdale the best. I you, think. you grew up playing at or grew up at Troon, didn't I you? I did playing indeed. At Troon. Yes, so yes, Lynx yes. golf is in your soul. But do you think yes, you know, all the amazing success you had in your professional career? Mm -hmm. Do you think your game was really suited to Lynx golf? Not really. Not really. No. No. Uh, <laughs> at all. At all. In fact. In fact, you know my my record. If if I was talking about finishing second at majors, which is which I have a great record at, it was fantastic. <laughs> uh, the best record actually is fantastic. Uh, that the open wasn't one wasn't one that I that I actually performed at. Yeah. Uh, uh, I did enjoy the U.S. Open setups. I did enjoy the U.S. PGA setups, whereby uh, driving accuracy was was uh, was was number one on the list, and then hitting greens and regulation. That was my sort of game. Uh, around the links courses, I always felt that. I always got the unlucky bounce as opposed to the lucky one. You know, you just got to, I wasn't that patient possibly, you know, especially with people with open bags of crisps. Uh, yeah, there's nothing uh, worse. On, on my backswing, That's you know, yeah. If, yeah. You could, if you could have one shot again, I mean, you talked about finishing second in majors. Yes, If you could yes. go back and take one shot again, which one would it be? Well, I'd actually like about 100 shots again, <laughs> uh, but one particular one, yes. I mean, you have to say, if I, if I was... I don't like to go back because because you don't want to go back. You want to go forward. Uh, but it's since you've asked question, the question, yeah. since they've asked the question, question okay. uh, I start uh, some crisps now? sixteen year, <laughs> sixteen years ago, uh, I had a shot in the middle of the fairway, and uh, at winged foot, uh, two thousand six, U.S. Open, and I was one ahead, and it was almost it was almost too easy. I the pin was at the the pin was at the back right of the green. And I look at the pin sheet at the start of a round, and all the pins on the right are my go-to pins, yeah? Because I fade the ball. Yeah. And the pins on the left were sort of a defensive type of shot. I aimed at the pin and was going away from the ball. But when the pin was on the right-hand side of the green, uh, it was my, my go-to. And it was a seven iron, it was a standard shot. I hit it thousands and thousands of times, and it was almost too easy, and I, and I, I lost concentration on it, which is a weird thing to think, and, uh, and caught the ball slightly heavy. And of course, 
winged foot, that wasn't the place to be, short, short right. It had to be, it had to be. It was almost easier to make a three, I felt, than it did to make the six that I did, you know? What, uh, what so that was the one shot I'd love, I'd love back because I'd have won the US Open, yeah. And it, and it was one of these things that America in those days, to have three majors in America and only one over here, was a big deal for a, a British golfer to go over there and win the US Open. The last Brit to do it before then was Tony Jacklin, way back in 1970. So it was, uh, it was a big deal, and, and I should have done that. I should have won that. That was, that was, a, that was a, an error. Yeah, Con big Con error. We had a guest here yesterday, Rory Lawson, who was Scotland's scrum half, and he was the yes. grandson of Bill McLaren. And one of the things they do for the Bill McLaren Foundation is get actors to recite famous lines of Bill McLaren's commentary. And I always wondered if, after your career, you had a chance to hear a line of commentary that was significant, that you remember, from a moment in your career that feels particularly special. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, Bill McLaren, my God, legend, eh? Yeah, great broadcaster, legend. Oh, it? yeah, fantastic, yeah. Original broadcaster, along with the Henry Longhurst of this world yeah. and Peter Alice, yeah. sadly missed here, the voice of golf, you Did know? Could so you there hear must his be voice something. in your head as you walk oh, down you the can. Oh, you can. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, and what he'd have said if I'd slipped on the Swilkin Bridge, you know? <laughs> and what he'd have, he'd have had something very, very, very funny to say and uh, and quick-witted, you know. I don't have any, unfortunately, I can't think of any Peter Alice quotes at this stage, but at the same time, there were so many, there were so many. He, 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 he brought the sort of grandmothers almost into the game, and they turned it on because of P Peter Alice more than did the game of golf. And, and, uh, and as the BBC cameras used to pan round uh, the open, and there was, there was all sorts of things going on around, and he used to... He used to have very, very quick, quick quirks, you know, as to what they were. But uh, yeah, a legend in broadcasting. And uh, you forget how good a golfer he was. Eight Ryder Cup teams Peter Alice played in and, and uh, his father, Percy, as well. Uh, 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 a, great, uh, a great golfing dynasty, really. Uh, but as a commentator, yeah, we haven't really found anybody that, uh, that is as good. Yeah, fantastic. The voice of golf. Yeah. It's kind of a similar question to that. We've, I've been asking a few people, um, you know, there's a lot of inanimate objects around the 150th Open at, at the old mm -hmm. course here in mm -hmm. St. Andrews. If you had to pick one inanimate object to be, what would it be and why? <laughs> All different sorts of answers. Uh, crumbs. Uh, that's, like that's, that's a good one, isn't it? Uh, I probably. Wow. I think the flag, I think there's a, there's a lovely house, there's a lovely townhouse, a very narrow townhouse, just right to the 18th green. And there's a Scottish Saltar flag flying outside this, this, this house this week. I'd love to be the flag. Is that old Tom's house? No, it's next door. Next door. It used to be owned by a Canadian. Now it's owned by a Scot. And I'd love to be the flag. Watching every putt and everybody play that hole. And it'll watch on Sunday as well. It'll watch on Sunday the winner come up the last and celebrate. And let's hope it's a celebration a la Seve Ballesteros in 84. Let's hope it's something like that, where somebody needs to hold a 10-footer to win. Right? And let's hope it is. Let's hope it's not someone with a three-shot lead. I mean, f forgive me if the guy's three ahead. Fantastic. <laughs> but let's hope, let's hope that someone has a 10-footer a to win and he holds it and has, the, has that Seve 
Sevy celebration that he celebrated to every every part of the town almost, you know, fantastic celebration, the best celebration of anybody ever. I'd love to be that flag to watch that. Before camera phone, beautiful. Colin, uh, I think Ernie Els took a, was it a nine iron from the Dunvegan onto the 18th green and oh, hold it for the oh. birdie? Oh, right. Did you ever get involved in those late night shenanigans? I didn't, no, no, because I'd have thinned it. And uh, <laughs> I'd have thinned it into Octoloni's shop and broken something. So, no, no, I've never got involved in any of that lark. No, no. I hit a ball off the Burj, Burj Al Arab in, in, uh, in Dubai once into the sea. Uh, but I, w I wasn't aiming at any buildings or having to cross any buildings. I was high up to start with uh, on the helipad there. But I've never, I've never done, uh, I've never done anything. No, no, no. He's he's better than I am. We actually have, uh, <laughs> we actually have later on the show today. We're going to interview Seve's uh, latest caddy. Yeah, Ian Wright, who caddied Ian, for Seve in '88. That's yeah. right. He caddied yeah. for Seve in '88. What would you ask him? Yes. What would you want to know from him? We'll we'll forward the question along. <sighs> I would. I would ask Ian. I would, I would. I would ask Ian what he was, what he was like on the. Uh, you know, Sevi was known as his, the chipping and the putting for Sevi, and and the vision that Sevi had uh, around the greens. And I'd like to ask Ian if 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 Sevi ever asked him any advice as to because because you pick out a club out the bag and the caddy's going, oh, hang on, not sure about that. That should be a little seven iron bump and run. Why have you got your L wedge out? You know, that type of thing. I wonder if Ian had any in input into anything that Sebi did around the greens. The answer probably is no. <laughs> I think Sebi was, <laughs> was quite a tough gig for a caddy, wasn't he? Oh, he's a very passionate man. Yeah. Very passionate. I think the word that uh, describes Sebi would be passion. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, a very hard gig to caddy for Sebi. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, you thought Seve was in trouble and Seve, Seve was getting out of every, every nook and cranny around the place. But a very difficult man, I believe, to caddy for uh, in, in many ways. Yeah, yeah. Was there ever a moment in your career where the caddy said, put the three-wood away, Colin, come on. Uh, and you changed your mind. Is it moment well, to pace no, I wouldn't change my mind. I'd have changed the caddy, actually. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have changed my mind. I'd just changed the caddy. Yeah, yeah, because that wasn't happening. Uh, yeah, there's a few there's a few occasions where a three wood the fairway's wider and and you're driving the ball particularly well that day, and you feel that you can get closer to the green with a driver. He says no, the fairway's wider. You know, a, a three wood distance, that type of idea. Uh, but no, it's always it's always I've, unfortunately it's always been my decision. Yeah. Whatever club is whatever <laughs> club is drawn out. Whatever club, is drawn out the bag. Yeah. Whatever club is drawn out the bag after discussion, yeah. you can't be blaming the caddy. You can't be. You, you'd love to, and we do. But you can't <laughs> really be blaming the caddy. It's your, your decision. You mm. have pulled that club, and you've, and, you've, and you've made contact with it. So don't blame the caddy for the, for the club. How important will experience, the more experienced caddies be this week, do you oh, think? Because there's a lot of young very. players. You know, the, the, the new generation of players are, are very young. A lot of them won't have played at St Andrews before. Yes, well, a lot of young players with young caddies. Mm. And this is why I always felt the Spieth and McElroy were my favourites because they've won, this, they've won this before. And I think that uh, uh, the caddy is most, most important uh, coming, up, coming up that back nine at uh, St Andrews because there are a few ways to play the holes depending on the wind direction. There's a few ways to play it. You can go for it, right? You can attack it, but 
you know, that's bringing in all sorts of risks. Uh, or you can play safe. Play safe, you're bringing in, you're bringing in problems as well, playing safe, the three putt. You can, you can be too far away, you know. So you've got to have a caddy that knows exactly where he is and be confident and to tell that, tell that player when that club comes out of the bag, right, commit to it, commit to it, put your best swing on it and commit to this particular shot because that player's got to commit to the shots coming down the last few holes here on Sunday. If he doesn't commit to the shots, he's not going to win. Uh, we're, we're basically out of time, but I really wanted to invite James Day to ask a question. I feel like he's got a question in there. He co-founded Sounder Golf, which we were talking about Seve a lot. That was Yes, we were indeed, up. yes. yes. And he's sort of the proprietor of this establishment. We wouldn't really be here without him. James, do you have a yes. question for... Here. I'm always thinking about clubs, and I can remember most of your clubs. Mm -hmm. Wow. What, I remember your That's a very Den. sad life you've had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. He's a very interesting You're, guy. Very, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel for you. I feel you for you. Your, yeah. your Jim Dent Callaway driver yes, with indeed. the silver and red shaft? Indeed, I've still got it. I've still yeah. got the two of them. I have my, my Jim Dent uh, uh, red and silver shaft, the System 36 uh, Callaway shaft that was, was made it? by uh, uh, Dick Helmstetter, RCH, on the shaft of Richard C. Helmstetter the designer of the shaft, and uh, still got that one. And I've still got the three wood to match as well. Yeah, the Warbird three wood with the shaft, same shaft, I still got them. Is it true that after you'd used that club for, that club for a lot of seasons, they did a frequency test on it and it was unbelievably soft in yes. the shaft? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was ridiculously sh soft. Yeah, yeah. It was actually ladies' A-flex. Yeah, yeah, that's what uh, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Wilson Patty Bird. Yeah. Did that screw it doesn't it up say for you? doesn't say much for me really, does it? Uh, but it says a lot for my timing. No, exactly. <laughs> says a lot. Well, that's how I played. Yeah, I, I I was never a hitter of a golf ball. I was always a swinger of the club. And and there's two types of two types of player. Louis Tazen swings the club. Uh, Deshambo hits it. There's, there's a, my, I was always swinging the golf club, so I could have a weaker shaft. I needed a weaker shaft uh, to allow that allow that lag to come in at the top of the swing. If, if that uh, shaft was too, was too uh, stiff, I could never feel the club head. I think that's something that maybe we're losing a bit, those players that I really do. use the club effectively. Yeah, I mean, everyone goes in and goes, oh, what's your club head speed? Oh, 100. oh, well, extra stiff and extra this and extra that. My God, no, 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 no. The weaker the shaft, the more feel you have. And... Uh, you can feel the head of the club, and that's vital for a swing of the club like I was and am, uh, 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 swinging the club as opposed to hitting it, yeah. Did you yeah. ever feel that you wanted to get... I remember when you were... I watched you at Sunningdale in the Seve Trophy when you were hitting the oh, yes. Callaway X, X12 irons. God, you are sad. And you were hitting yeah. your No, but you, yeah. you were hitting My your... My God, uh, just, just God you know more than but, me. But you were hitting your Shh, irons... Don't tell anybody. You were yeah. hitting your irons so good. It was so nice to watch you hit irons. But did you ever crave a nice forged club or were you always happy with the... Interesting, interesting. Uh, well, I was, I was really given... I was, I was a Callaway staff player and I was given the, the latest Callaway clubs, which were... X-12s became X-14s. There was no forged Callaway clubs in those days, really. They were all cast uh, clubs, so I didn't really have that, that uh, uh, issue. Uh, if, they if they had made a forged club as they are now, of course, possibly I'd have, I'd have had the best of both worlds. I'd had the X-12 made in a forged setting, you know, in a forged uh, 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 setting as opposed to a cast club. But I didn't have the opportunity because, of course, that was what I was... Given, I was very happy to be given them. They were ahead of the game. 
very much so. The Big Bertha irons, then into the X12s, as you say, X14s, and then all, all the stuff that's done. Uh, their irons have always been ahead of the game. Yeah, yeah, but that was, yeah. Were the Yonex graphite's a mistake? <laughs> all right, no, James. Okay, okay yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. The Yonex, sorry? The Yonex graphite. Yes, the Yonex Cyberstar. My God, you know everything. This is very, very embarrassing. Very embarrassing. Yes, if you know my mother's, if you know my mother's maiden name, I'll be really, 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 really upset. Not so into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were, they were, again, very, very soft, very soft. Uh, uh, the Yonex uh, uh, graphite shafts that I used, very soft again to feel the feel the club. I use, I use uh, right now, my, my shafts are 5.5s, which is a between regular and stiff. Uh, so they're not, you wouldn't say, you wouldn't find any 5.5s, put it this way, there's nobody using a 5.5 a, a frequency shaft out there today. Not one person. Yeah. Right? 6.5 would be sounded weak. Never mind 5.5. Uh, but I need to feel, I need to feel the club head. Where the club head is all the way through the swing. From the start of it to the end of it. Yeah, I need to know where the club head is. And if the, uh, and if the shaft is too stiff, I don't know where the club head is. Yeah. And You're then I've got no chance. You're using the shaft, aren't you? That's I'm using the shaft. Yeah. The shaft is everything. You can stick a head and a grip on a club. They're all very similar, but the shaft is key. That's where it bends. That's the profile. Yeah. Thank you. Do you, you. Do you think Colin feels the same way about the game you do? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What clubs do you use? Uh, I, I've got a workshop, so I've got some Muras, and I've Muras, lovely. them quite a bit. And I've yes. taken, do you remember... Do you remember what Jack Nicholas's gloves look like with the straight leading edge? Yes, very much so. I so. made them like that. Good. And, uh, yeah, good. Bit, they look a bit wonderful. Off, oh, you're, okay, yeah. fantastic. Well, good for you. And an old driver, you know, like a 2006 driver. Yes. I don't like anything after it's that. It's amazing. Point. You know, they keep on producing these drivers and they keep on saying they're better and longer and more forgiving. If you find a driver that you like, you keep it. Yeah. You keep it. There's no reason to change because if someone says it's better, you know. If you like that driver and you are confident of putting that club down and teeing it up and hitting it where you want to hit it, keep it. Yeah. It's I, vital. because I, just, I feel it's a sharper club than, the, than yes. where drivers have gone now. I've well, it's the whole weight of the... The weights have all changed. They've got lighter and lighter so we can swing quicker. But that doesn't always mean, mean consistency. No, no. no. Thank Good. you. Rogers. Rogers was a name, by the way. Uh, yeah. My mother's maiden name. Oh, you should definitely have a yeah. Yeah, good to know. Just to uh, just to fill you in, yeah, yeah. There's uh, <laughs> a couple glasses. I know the boys aren't drinking, so cool. Well, Colin, let's finish with a toast here. Thank you for joining well, us. Thank you, thank very you, lads. You've been very, yeah. You've been very kind, and I'm thank you for inviting I'll, me. I'll, have, I'll like a sniff. Actually, uh, it's That's a bit awesome. early, but yeah. what the hell? Come on. They don't know what time it is. It's five o'clock somewhere, Colin. It's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, I'll have a little. Yeah, Do you want a little toast? I'll have a toast, shall we? Yeah. Toast to. Well, let's just go ahead of the game. Toast the winner. Of the 150th Open. How's that? Absolutely fantastic. Very good. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Colin. Cheers. 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 Cheers.